Internet, what is up? We're back at it again. It's Weapons Free Wednesday, people. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Our good buddies over at Combat Flip Flops, a bunch of crazy army rangers they got together after their time serving during the global war on terror. And they started a flip flop company in the garage and they scaled it to an amazing level of success. I'm super proud of those guys. My good homies over there, Andy Lee and my best buddy Griff. And they have a fantastic selection of flip-flops and shamas and jewelry and bags and like all kinds of cool stuff. Good merch, good message of positivity and being a better human. So go check them out at www.combatflipflops.com or on the gram at Combat Flip Flops. Okay, people, it's that time. Let's fucking G-O. Because I'm so fucking good. Hey, hey, get some, man, hey. Get some, get some, get some. Get some, get some, come on. Get it, come on. Get some, get some, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, brother. Ha-ha. Okay, finally, fuck. If you would have just done your job, put the shit back where it goes... Anyway, here we are. Weapons Free Wednesday. We're back. I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. I was just cursing my fucking right-hand man over here because he did not put the SD card back in the recorder. And uh, Well, no, I was editing, so I had it out. I was trying to figure when out. When you set it up, you forgot to check if it was in there, so your pre-combat inspections were shit. Well, uh, you, you're, you're not wrong, but you're... My my fucking wingman, my ATL, is supposed to fucking get the shit squared away so that when I inspect it, it's in fact correct. This is like blaming someone else because you dialed a bunch of dope on your rifle and then forgot it and then took the 100-yard shot, but your dope was set for 500, and you're like, ah, why'd I airball? Uh, yes. That I don't know why I missed. Well, that's actually happened to me. So. Uh, yeah, I've done that with my bow quite a bit. Yep, I've done that. I'm like, why is my arrow in the tree like eight feet above the foam target that I was aiming at? Oh. I was dialed for 80 yards. I see. Whoops. It happens. Scope dyslexia is a thing. Green Dragon, thank you once again to all the fine fellows over at Sons of Liberty Gunworks for this wonderful bottle of Green Dragon Sherry. And if you guys are halfway through it. If you guys are tired of fucking hearing about it, at the beginning of every podcast, tough shit. Okay. Until it's gone. Until it's gone, you will fucking hear about it. All right. So, um... It's been a it's been a great it's been a good week. We've had a good week. We've had a good week. Should we kick off by telling everybody about our new I wouldn't say bet. It's not a bet. It's just like a new like an agreement. It's a gentleman's agreement that we've made between the two of us. Is this the game? Is it's this the gun dummies game? No, no. This is not the gun dummies game. This if you is have the, something no. in your parts bin that is not in a complete thing. You might be a gun dummy. I mean, yes. I guess you could shout out to our <laughs> good friend, Mr. Chris Cook at Odyssey Training and Consulting, who made up gun dummies on the internet. It's pretty funny. It is hilarious. Um, and spot on most of the Ken time. Ken Hackathorn's in that group this week. Yes, there is some fucking. There are there are some people. If that, you didn't know, Ken Hackathorn thinks you don't need a light on your gun. Oh God. Correct. Yeah, it's not even. Don't even. Why would you fucking? I mean, I guess this would fulfill Frank, our patron Frank. He was like, I need a rant this week. That's a good rant. That is a good fucking rant. The old, is a good old guys rant. in okay. white suits. Right. Well, I mean, let's just back up for a second here because I want to clarify something because we've, we've been looking at analytics. We're getting a lot of new 
listeners on the podcast, people that are following the Instagram channel, like things are growing. And so those of you that are new and may not understand the format that we do here at the Lone Element podcast is Mondays, we always have, well, not every Monday. We do an, we do an every other schedule here. So like two Mondays out of the month, we have guests and the other two Wednesdays out of the month, we do what's called the Weapons Free Wednesday segment. So the Weapons Free Wednesday segment, what is Weapons Free Wednesday? Because you look at my Instagram and you're like, holy shit, this guy shoots and loves guns and is a former combat vet and does all these things. Why would he have a segment called Weapons Free Wednesday? Well, Weapons Free is in fact a rule of engagement that we had during the golden era of the global war on terror. And what Weapons Free meant, if you were on your way to a target or you were moving into a particular battle space that we knew was heavily contested with enemy combatants and, in fact, a pretty dangerous, violent area, you were given a weapons, you were, it was passed over the radio, and it sounded something like this. All stations this net, you are now Weapons Free at this time. Over. And then everybody would usually check in and be like, yeah, roger that. Hey, breed copies. Hey, breed copies your traffic which means I acknowledge that the rule of engagement has in fact been changed. And now that particular rule of the, the, or that particular rule of engagement means that I can engage anything at my discretion. It is not a have to wait to be fired at to fire upon. If I see anything that particularly looks like it needs to be engaged, it's at my discretion and I can kill the shit out of it if I want to. So this segment is usually a rant of some type, or it is a uh, it's Q&A, or it's uh, commentary on current or social events. And um, it, it's basically a segment for me engaging whatever I want with extreme prejudice at my discretion. Topics, questions, okay? So that's, that's the format here, people. And so Frank, who's one of our patrons and longtime listeners, great dude, love, love me some Frank. He's in the Patreon group. If you haven't checked out what we're doing on Patreon, go to Patreon, take a look at it. We've got several different tiers for you to sign up. I'm not going to get into all of that, but go check out Patreon. And um, part of the Patreon, if you're in the right tier group, you get access to the Signal group thread, which is direct access to me and Cato. And we answer questions and interact with our patrons because they're great people. Love all of you guys. It's a good little community. It's a great little group of people. Absolutely. They're super loyal and I love them. And we've got questions from them tonight. But Frank was like, I need a rant. So I guess a fucking good rant would be, uh, it's appalling to me that people in, in this time frame would still contest whether you need a weapon mounted light or not. On your pistol. On your pistol. Okay. And so here's what I would tell you is that if you look at the FBI statistics, 79 to 83% of violent encounters happen during the hours of darkness. Not only that, as human beings, we live half of our light, a life in, in the light in, and half of our life in the darkness. So if you're living 50% of your life in the darkness, wouldn't you like to see, especially if somebody is trying to do you harm or your family harm, or you just maybe want to see if that's what's going on and how big the grizzly is that's tearing your trash cans Yeah, apart. or is the person snooping in your backyard your neighbor looking for their lost dog or someone right. looking to target your house for stealing shit? Yeah, correct. So, um, yeah, anybody that would say that... And you, it's kind of hard to do that if you can't see shit. Right. And I don't know how many of you out there, We it's something that we do and we teach on occasion. We're probably going to be doing some stuff with Mr. Chris Cook uh, here coming relatively soon. 
Um, but he is, him and I are definitely of the um, belief system that you should definitely have a, and we hate to, I hate to say that, should, definitely. Those are, those are broads, those are, those are bold statements. But all the inviolent counters that I've been in, all the extremely violent encounters that I've been in, you, like, I'm, I'm alive because I had a white light on my gun and because I was properly trying to use it in combat. So I can think of a few times where I was very grateful to have the level of training that I did regarding that and have a, in fact, a high power light on my gun. Definitely saved my life. So, oh yeah, I have a story about that, like 20 yards from my front door. Yeah. Well, fucking tell it. It's, that's what we're here. So you know how I have like the horse that likes to jump out mm-hmm. and like feed, like free range. Mm-hmm. So, so I have three horses yep. and one of them is smart enough that she's figured out how to jump over the fence. She's and, very athletic. And then go munch on the green grass that's mm-hmm. greener on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. And she'll let herself in and out of the corral by jumping over the fence. Her sisters don't do that. They stay in, in the corral, but she'll jump over. Yeah, she could be, She could have been. A- and so one night it was dark and I just hear this like crashing through the trees. Like I'm like, oh, she probably just like jumped out, right? I was like, oh, it's kind of fall. There's been bear sign. And it was not my horse. It was a bear. And mm-hmm. she, this sound came crashing through the trees, mm-hmm. fake charge. And I had my gun with the light on it. Pulled it out, white light on, and the bear stopped, black bear, but stopped like 20 yards from me. Mm. Actually, not even 20. I was at like the end of the walkway to the side of the pond. Is that like 15 yards? Yeah. Yeah. If that. Wasn't my horse. I was as dumb as shit walking towards the sound thinking it was my horse, and I hear, and I was like, fuck, draw the gun, white light. Oh, bear. Stopped. Looked at each other, and we were like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Was it, did she stop because a white light suddenly like shined in her face? Probably, yeah. Right. Yeah. And humans do the exact same thing. And this, like, I get it. We're in Wyoming, but also like we're in Wyoming. There's bears outside. Mm-hmm. So maybe having a gun with a light on it is kind of pertinent. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Plus it, it just comes down to the mechanics of marksmanship with a pistol, like shooting one handed. Yeah. Like basically, you know, and this is like the old school grips with the one hand. Yeah, the, the FBI and all the different yeah. fucking retarded grips that you can do with like holding a white light, fucking a handheld light that are important to teach. And basically the most important lesson out of learning all of that is you learn really, really quickly how hard it is, in fact, to shoot a pistol accurately with one hand holding the gun and shooting it and the other hand and aiming it and the other hand holding a flashlight and trying to aim the light where the light needs to go mm-hmm. and the other hand holding the pistol and aiming the pistol effectively. And then your and then your brain being like splitting in half essentially and being like, okay, keep the white light in the, in the visual horizon and, and blind the, the, the threat. And the other hand and the other half of your brain is like line your pistol up, side alignment, sight picture. Good fucking, trigger press. Yeah. Good, slow, steady trigger press with one <clears throat> hand recoil management, you know, like all of those things. And then do that while your adrenaline is fucking pumping and your heart rate's like 180. It's just, I'm sorry, people. It's just a better idea to have a, a light mounted on your gun. Okay. It just, it is. Now, I would also caveat that by saying that, like, yes, METTC is a thing. And that's an acronym that we use in the mission, in the military for mission planning, uh, mission enemy, troops, time, space, logistics, all of those things. So that is also like how you plan what you're doing for your threat level and where you're going and the environment that you're going and the time of year that you're going and the, and the, you know, all of those things, what equipment you should carry, you know, like if I'm going out to get, just get the mail and I'm going to walk down to the mailbox, I probably don't need to take my Mark 18 with me. No. If I, I can probably just throw a revolver 
in my pocket or I can throw a, you know, my little, you know, the, the, what I call the grocery getters or the mailbox guns, which are the, you know, your little Mark 43 or your, I'm sorry, not Mark Glock, <laughs> your Glock 43 X, your Mark 48, your subcompacts. Those are called <laughs> grocery getters. You know, you're going to go run out to the local market. That's just like down on the corner, not the big grocery store store, not like, not like you're going to Walmart or Costco or anything like that. Because if you go to those places, I highly recommend you take your regular full-size carry gun, whatever that may be. In my case, that's a you know Glock 19. If you're wearing flip-flops and board shorts. Yeah. But like that's for us. Like mm-hmm. people in Hawaii and yeah. California wear that all the time. Yeah. So. so like if you're just going someplace where it's just quick, in, out, done, and, you know, it's not in a you know, a bad part of town or, you know, if you live in a hard neighborhood, maybe you should just be strapped with your primary all the fucking time. But if you are, you know, you live in a, in a, in a decent part of town and like us, like we've got a better chance of fucking smacking an, a moose with the truck on the way to the market than we do getting in a gunfight. Absolutely. So, or like, Oh look, a mountain lion. Oh right. look, a bear. Yeah. Oh look, a really angry badger. Yes, you know? correct. <laughs> like that's going or coyotes yes. going for your dog. Yes, or so, wolves going for your mm-hmm. like livestock. So, I mean, do we still carry guns to the market? Absolutely, we do. But it's not really humans that we're worried about. Anyway, I digress. Put a light on your gun, people. Okay, put a weapon mounted light on your gun. Anybody that wants to argue that point with me, feel free. Like it's, I've been doing it for twenty fucking years. If you cannot see. Yeah. Without artificial light yeah. for half the time that you're like the, the day. Right. And yeah. someone offers you a capability to see during that time. Mm-hmm. Would you not take it? Not only it, see. It'd be like, I don't, I don't need light bulbs in my house in dark. Right. Because it's my house. It's safe. Mm. I don't need to see things. Why would I need a <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. And like, he's, he's but, old. Like, wouldn't he want a light on his gun so he can see shit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He should have a red dot too. Well, just the fact that he's been in the industry and teaching as long as he has, and he's supposedly like, isn't he a Vietnam vet or something? One of the, one of those probably. Or that he, uh, has he been in gunfights before? Probably. I don't, I think so. Yeah. Or so is he just like the 1911 dude? I mean, he might, I mean, there was a whole era pre, pre previous, he, he predates the GWAT. So like there's. Yeah. There was a whole era of like GWAT, pre-GWAT instructors that had not I feel been, like we're not doing him any justice right now. We're not. Because he does have a... I mean, he does have... He had, he does, he's had a notable career. But I feel like there was a whole... Um, There's a whole bunch of instructors prior to the global war on terror that hadn't been in gunfights before, but yet they were talking about gunfights. Green Beret? I don't know. Ken Hackthorne served as a U.S. Army Special Forces small arms instructor, gunsight instructor, and NRA police firearm instructor. What During what time frames was he in the Army, does it say? If you're a U.S. Army Special Forces small arms instructor, does that mean you are actually in the... I don't know. That's a question that I have as well. Anyway, also, um, yeah, it, I mean, context matters. Experience matters, as I always like to say. So, yeah, the... People, here's the other thing too, is that some instructors will just drink the fuck out of their own Kool-Aid and that's all they do. They just, they stay in their little like eco chamber of like what they know and what they teach and they don't go outside the box at all to like learn new updated stuff from anybody. So like one of the things that I've always prided myself on is like, I go train with my peers in the industry. Like I'll book classes and I'll go train with my peers to uh, basically 
stay well-rounded and to stay on my toes with the latest and greatest of what's going on. Because I recognize that like, I'm not a fucking, a guru. I'm not a Swami. I don't fucking know everything. So even though I, I would consider myself a subject matter expert in low light, I would still go out and take a low light class from anybody in the industry and probably learn a thing or two. Right. So, yeah. Well, if they're a good instructor, you'll learn a thing or two. Yeah, correct. And there's some out there that are not. So I would, you know, I would say just put a light on your, put a light on your gun, people. Trust me. If you come to my class, and we're going to talk about that a little if bit. If you don't have a light on your gun, and yeah. then a separate handheld light in your pocket or nearby yeah. in a backpack or mm-hmm. in your car, you might be a dummy, mm-hmm. just in general. Okay, well, there you go, Frank. There's your fucking rant. All right, so let's answer some questions. Okay. We had, uh, I put it out on Instagram. Those of you that answered on Instagram, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, so let's go down the line here. We have, okay, some of you, uh, dun, 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 let me, um, I'm trying to, sorry, people, I'm scanning here. Well, first of all, let's just go to where I know there's questions. Instagram continues to piss me off with how they update things and it just is constantly changing. So let's go to the Patreon group and answer the Patreon questions first. We are... Sorry to inconvenience you, but we are upgrading for your inconvenience. <laughs> right. Correct. Let me see here. Okay. Here's from one of our patrons. Our good. Oh, my favorite little fucking Russian teddy bear. Old Mr. Ivan. He said, are you thinking the DNC will replace Joe with Newsom, or am I just reading way too much into it? Also, Tulsi Vice President, your thoughts. Okay, that's a lot, Ivan. That's a lot. And why are you fucking asking me political questions? God damn it. Maybe Frank will get two rants. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fucking DNC is going to do because they smoke so much fucking crack cocaine. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, nor do I really give a fuck what they're going to do, okay? They've had four years in office to completely fuck things up on a massive scale and run this company, or company. run this country into the fucking ground Joe Biden is the dumbest fucking president that we've ever had in the history of president, at least in my lifetime. I don't know. Maybe before I popped out of a vagina, we had presidents that were way fucking dumber. But I would, I don't know if that's the case. All right. So this geriatric fucking fuckhead who can't seem to, he can't, wouldn't be able to find his ass if he had a bell tied to it, um, has done nothing but fuck our country up. So like, and remember, it's not just him. It's more than him. He has a support network. Oh, yes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Whole, you can't just blame him. Whole cadre of fucking people just making terrible fucking decisions for our country. Um, starting with the economic and inflation bullshit. Like just spending money like they just, it's a bottomless bank account. It's a bottomless piggy bank. Just running inflation up <laughs> and just causing American, middle America to just suffer their asses off. I think that's the thing that pisses me off the most. About this, about this um, current administration, is they just spend, 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 spend. They don't give a fuck. Um, the, the taxpayer will just pick it up. Meanwhile, there's meanwhile because of the inflation going through the roof, fucking people can barely afford to pay groceries. And the American taxpayers funding two wars that I don't think they really want to fucking fund: the war with Israel, with Hamas, which I'd say t- technically is probably way more justified than any of the bullshit that we're doing in Ukraine. Okay, now. I'm not too sure that, you know, because I haven't been read on to fucking our, you know, our 
top secret initiatives for what's going on for our national defense strategies. But just looking at things on the surface, it's just, I don't understand why we're paying billions and billions and billions of dollars into this. I mean, I, yes, I see the value in weakening a pure adversary, but I don't know that continuing to, um, blow, you know, basically blow on the coals of this, of this, uh, conflict and make the make the flames higher is doing anybody any good so it's just it, it's out of control at this point so i mean i don't know you know what's going to happen with the dnc i don't think biden regardless of everything that i just said like if we just were very pragmatic about it like medically fit for office like you have to pass a physical to fly a plane to drive a car to like do you to serve in any other like I have to pass a physical to be a police officer I have to pass a physical to be a firefighter I have to fucking pass a physical if I want to fly any type of aircraft I have to pass a physical to do yeah but it's like Mitch McConnell where they're like oh yeah he, he passed his physical last month and you're like yeah but was the doctor his like friend for 30 years that had insider trading information correct yeah <laughs> you know right exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah he passed his physical yeah. he's alive Right. Yeah, yeah, he's alive. I think we should have a mental acuity and, you know. I'm like a public mental acuity. Yeah, thing. like a public mental acuity t- exam. <laughs> yeah, just that if you want to do any other job, you have to have, you have to be mentally competent. You have to pass, you have to pass a, a fucking psyche eval and a personality assessment test. And you have to pass, pass a physical, physical exam. And I don't think he's capable of doing that. If you cannot form sentences and the things that are coming out of your mouth while you're addressing the country and the world don't make sense. Or like you can't walk on stage and like shake hands with the right world leader that you're supposed to be meeting. Right, correct. <laughs> you don't know how to get off the stage <laughs> yep. once it's over with. Yep. And somebody has to come up and show you which direction to walk that's merely like five feet away. Like if you don't know how to get off the helicopter and walk to the right door in the White House, which is the fucking place you live, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be running the most powerful office in the world. Correct. So, yeah, the dude's, what, 81, 82 now? I don't know. He might as well be dead. I mean, he's, I think he's 81. He might be 82. We know how I do with numbers. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to. I don't, yeah. Like, bro, just retire. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Yeah, you're done. Just be done. Yep, thanks for your service. You've accomplished enough, right? Like, take your money and go. Yep. Yes. Take your crack-smoking son. And go fuck hookers someplace else. Thank you. Thank you for your time and service. Um, Tulsi. I mean, Ivan, I don't know why you're fucking asking me this question again because I have said several times how I like Tulsi. I've always liked Tulsi. I think she's, you know, I think she's very well spoken. She's still a serving, like she's still a lieutenant colonel serving in the, in the, in the army reserves in a, in, I think it, at special operations command with, uh, uh, either with PSYOPs or civil affairs or something like that. But anyway, she just did a deployment, I think, last year, maybe a year and a half ago, with SF over to Horn of Africa. So, like, she's she's competent. She's been in the GWAT. She was, I think, wasn't she a nurse or something? Managed, managed trauma at one point in time? Anyway, she's a patriot, and I like her message. Her message is always one of unity, common sense, and love, which I think we we need more of. We need a lot more of that, of those things. So I've said that several times. And she's I, been in like a critical leadership role position for the last like 30 years. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, she has. And she, you know, was a congresswoman. And I think it says a lot about her character when she's willing to 
be pragmatic enough to abandon her political party. Like she left the Democratic Party yeah. because they're so fucked up. Yeah, and they screwed her over. So yeah, they did. They screwed her over. So she would have been, I think, a fantastic candidate and would have been a breath of fresh air um, for the Democratic Party. And they fucking undercut her and sold her down the river for the current vice president, who is also dumber than a fucking box of rocks. Yes. I don't know what her yes. excuse is other than she's fucking dumb because she can't even f- formulate a sentence either. And she's she's not 81 years old. So I don't know what the fuck her problem is. She's dumb as fuck. Placeholders and appeasing the crowd. Yes. So anyway, I, I, yes, I think. Also, Tulsi shoots for Sons of Liberty. So, yeah, she shoots guns. She does. She does like she, she surfs. Yeah, she, she does CrossFit. She <laughs> surfs. There's a lot of things I like about Tulsi. Now, there's a bunch of, we have one of them, one of the fans of the podcast. I love arguing with him. I'll ball your, I'll, a ball your bowl, as I think is what he goes by on, on Instagram. His name's also Brian. Brian, if you're listening to this, go fuck yourself. Anyway, he is always arguing with me about Tulsi being a Russian, a Russian agent. And I just laugh at him. I just, I laugh. I mean, that's funny. It is fucking hilarious. Um, our, our politics are kind of a... TV show for the I mean, rest of are. Europe. They are. They are. He seems to think he's quite the quite the expert on U.S. politics, even though he's not a U.S. citizen and doesn't live here. Well, so, there's a lot of Europeans I know that are actually better understanders of U.S. politics yeah. than most Americans. Yeah. So yeah. And you I'm can't like, look past that. He's like, she's a Russian agent. I'm like, bro, where are you getting your information from? Oh, I have my information. I'm like, bro, where's your source? MSNBC. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Okay, bro. Cool. MSNBC. He always does that. He always says these completely fucking retarded radical things. And then I'm like, where's your source? Where are you getting this information from? And Wikipedia? He, he, yeah, he'll always like <laughs> quote like a mainstream media source. Uh, and then he's always like, bro, where do you get your sources at? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I get my sources from doing a lot of research on not mainstream media news outlets. And I do a lot of information correlation where I'll like go to a bunch of like non-mainstream media. I'll piece that together. Then I'll look at different stories from mainstream media. I'll piece that together. And then I'll just do a little information overlay and look at it and do a little analysis. You know, kind of like we used to do with fucking Intel on the battlefield. Yeah, but that takes too much effort for most people. So, yeah, it requires a lot of reading. Uh, Also, hooray for my side. Yeah. Also, I have lots of friends that work at high levels of the government. So, like, I can reach out to my friends that work in different capacities in the government, which I'm not going to talk about. But I can also ping things off of them and be like, hey. Is this? Is there any validity in this? Yeah, just tell me yes or no, and I do little like pressure tests like that to see if my information's accurate. And most of the time, the shit that is coming out of mainstream media is complete bullshit and garbage. So that's how I collect my information: a lot of reading, a lot of research, overlaying things, bouncing things off humans that are in the know that are living it every single day. Um, okay, so then we're back to uh, okay. So Ivan, I hope that answers your question. I've said 5,000 times that I like Tulsi Gabbard. I think she'd be a fantastic vice president. She was a great congresswoman. I'm psyched because she speaks common sense. She appeals to the middle American. Uh, She's a woman of color. She serves in the military. Um, She's a combat vet. I don't know. I'm fucking out of fingers for reasons that I think Tulsi Gabbard's good. So because I've said this 5,000 times now, fucking Ivan, I don't want to have to say it again. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Ask a different question next time, dickhead. All right, so let's see here. Okay, this one's from Joe also. More more patron questions. 
Where is the ideal place to live for long-term collapse of society? Ooh. Um, okay. Well, I think in a place where the population density is not a lot, a place where you can have re access to resources, natural resources, i.e. like if the power goes out and the heat, you don't have access to heat, you can cut down some trees and chop up some firewood and build a fire to keep yourself warm. Also some natural streams, rivers, lakes within walking distance. So you could walk out, dip your five gallon bucket of water in there and have your water for the day to wash or to drink or to do whatever you need to do. And a place that's got lots of like waterfowl, fish to go fishing and game animals running around, small and large game animals that will keep you fed. Because in the event that society does collapse for in a, a long-term capacity, grocery stores are going to be gone. The other thing that I constant tell, constantly tell people when preppers in, a, in this, in this that ask these questions about survival and this type of stuff is, I need you to keep in mind that like back in the day before grocery stores existed and we had to like grow our own food and like butcher our own animals and do our own hunting. Oh, and like store fishing. six months worth of grain for the winter. Yes, yeah, all of those things. The population density was not anywhere near it where it is now. Yep. So- how many natural resources do you think are really available if grocery stores started be, stopped becoming a thing? Like you can't go to the grocery store anymore. How many humans are going to starve to death and die within three months? A, a lot. A lot. A lot. Which is good because here's what I'm going to tell you. I will kill you if you are in my space. While I, if, you are, if you become a predator that I'm competing with for my food supply, I will kill you. Survival of the fittest. If I'm out hunting... And we're six months into the apocalypse, and there's only so many deer and, and winter's antelope. showing up in two months. And winter's showing up in two months. And I catch you in my hunting grounds, just like a lion, just like a tiger, fucking a grizzly bear, wolves, any type of apex predator. I will, and I catch another predator in my space competing for me, competing with me for my food supply. I will kill you. If you cross the river into my side of this valley. Yes. You go bye-bye. Correct. And that is something that humans don't think about. They're like, I just need to survive to feed myself and my family. Okay, cool. The population density is so high that like there's not enough rabbits and fucking um, cows and elk and deer and antelope and sheep and whatever to feed everybody on a long mm -hmm. on a long term large scale without damaging the fucking ecosystem and throwing everything out of balance. Like, I yeah, mean, like our ag system yep. won't keep going at that rate. No. Not when grocery stores are out. There's no people. grain to feed yep. the cows. How do yep. you get meat? How yep. do you get fertilizer to keep your crop from not dying that year? Mm -hmm. How do you get water to pump to like right. keep your crops growing? All those things. All those things. So where can you live in an environment that is self-sustaining for, say, you and five other people year-round? Yeah. I mean, With a low population density. Yeah. Probably a place like Wyoming, but don't or come like here because I'll kill you. Alaska. Yeah. Or Alaska. Like, I'd figure out one of those little islands somewhere in the fjord mm -hmm. and get a boat. Yep. All my shit's on the one island. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, correct. Anyone that comes into my, like, estuary. Yep. Dead. Okay. And that's not to be barbaric. That's just the truth. If you want to survive, that's going to be a facet of survival. Survival of the fittest. Okay? If you don't know what that is because you spend all your time on TikTok dancing, like, fucking look it up. I mean, look at history. Do you think these tribes were fighting each other for like shits and giggles or were they fighting over 
water territory and mm-hmm. hunting grounds yep. and fertile soil areas. And mm-hmm. there's hot springs in this area so I can stay warm in the winter. Yes. Resources, people. It's no different from the wars we fight today, whether yep. it's over oil, gold, lithium mining, cobalt. Yep. All the things. It's always over resources. Humans fight each other over resources. Okay. Well, hope, hope that answers your question, Joe. So in and summary, if you're someone Joe, that likes the summer and the beach and whatever, then maybe being out on, on an island somewhere in the Pacific is perfect for you. Yeah. I hope you like fish because right? that's all you're going to be able to eat. Is for me, that wouldn't be me. I hope you're I'd a really kill good fisherman. Myself. Yeah. I hope you're a really good fisherman and I hope you can catch a lot of fish. And I hope it rains because there's fresh water. Right. Yep. <laughs> correct. Okay. So, yeah. And then here's Frank. Frank was like, what's the theme for Weapons Free Wednesday? Now, Frank. Apparently, it's three rants. I explained that at the front end of this. So, (laughs) yes, Frank, get your notebook out and take notes on the front end of this. All right, Saren. Oh, my old homie, Saren. Uh, AT&T, as well as a few other carriers, were down last week. It's Mm -hmm. crazy how quickly intelligent and otherwise competent adults lost their shit. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to contingency, fail-safe method for comms? Any insight on recommendations on shortwave radios? Um. I hear like pigeons work really well sometimes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> put put a little note on your pigeon. Yeah, it depends on what the situation is. Like I'm going to get rid of I'm going to quickly like if we're talking about a shit hits the fan scenario, like Joe asked, long-term like the long-term collapse of like society. I won't probably I'll probably use VHF or UHF shortwave um line of sight radios to communicate with people in my direct vicinity that I need to communicate with. But other than that, like, I'm not going to give a shit. Like, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to give a shit. I'm going to be super happy to not be plugged into a fucking device anymore, not be on the internet all the time. Not, and like the, the biggest thing I have to worry about is like where I'm going fishing that afternoon. So like, yeah, I'm not going to care about communicate. Who do, who but, the fuck do I need to communicate with? Well, o- outside you don't, of you, you and don't I? have like family that's like halfway across the country or whatever that you might want to talk to, mm. right? Which is what I'm assuming is the yeah. reason for communication. Yeah, I would one. say I'm very uneducated in like like ham the ham radio stuff. Number two, if you do have ways of having a radio to communicate, what about all the logistics in supporting that system? Right, right. Like, are the towers working that are repeater towers so that you can communicate across right. the country, or if you have a bunch of Baofengs or Hyteras or yeah. Motorolas, how do you power those mm-hmm. Yeah, for the next foreseeable future? Correct. Right. Yeah, there's a long logistics train that comes with. like With we, radios. Yeah. It's a, it's a deep, dark. Yeah. Well, we used to have a saying in the military, and that was amateurs talk tactics, professionals talk logistics. Yep. So that's why the prepping industry is so huge because the it, it's a matter of like how do you – develop or procure a good supply chain in the event that the supply chain goes away Mm -hmm. and how do you maintain that and how do you be self-contained and Mm self-sufficient so to answer your question i hope that answered your question i i'm a communications is not my strong suite because frankly i don't give a shit i'm i'd be super pumped if like well then it's 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 layers right like okay cool at&t's down right does satellite still work right if satellite still works then sweet. If that I mean, doesn't work, then do you have radios? Yeah, I mean, communication If redundancy. radios don't work, then word of mouth, that's, right. that's the levels that you have to go through. Correct. Yeah, I would say like cellular communications fail, you better have a satellite phone. 
satellite phone doesn't work, cool, can you get on the internet and like send messages via your your iMessage on your computer? Like is Wi-Fi still working? Um, well, if, you if, can't if cell's do down, then Wi-Fi is probably down unless you're fiber lined or whatever. Yeah. But even then, that still has to go to someplace else, which yeah. presumably has power and is connected to something and then that goes somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like, yes, if you're, if you're in this situation, let me be helpful to the people that are outside of my perspective. If you've got family that it's all over the place um, and you're worried about the downfall of society and things going sideways and like all of our infrastructure, which could very well happen. The EMP threat is real. And it doesn't even have to be an EMP. And a cyber attack is certainly real. That's probably way more real than an EMP attack. So right. a, a, a cyber attack, which is probably what this AT&T situation was, it was probably yep. somebody hacked the net, network and shut it down. Probably our friends over in Russia. Yeah, they or China, and they shut it down, yeah. and they go in and hack whatever info they want while the grid's down, and then they yep. leave, turn it back on. Mm-hmm, correct. So if that happened, yeah, it, might, it may be in your best interest to look at, like, ham radio capabilities, because if I'm not mistaken, ham, I think is HF, and HF, like, goes, you can literally, like, communicate around the world. Like, I can, if I'm if I'm an experienced ham operator, and I have a, a ham radio and a and a, um a power supply hooked up to my radio and I have an antenna mm-hmm. that can get far enough. Like I can call people in Antarctica. Yep. People, there's people, there's people that talk to each other all over the world with ham radio. I am just ignorant and don't know jack shit about it. So if you're interested, go do some research on ham radio, push, push the Google button because that's what I would have to do in this case. All right. For, for what Cato and I do around here, like we, we have Baofeng. What is it? The Baofeng? What's, where's your little Baofeng radio? At? Baofeng's UV5Rs? Yeah, UV5Rs. Okay. That's what we do. Little now, Taliban radios? Yeah, little Taliban radios. If And I would just say this, situation dependent. Like, if we are up against a uh, an enemy, let's just say the state, for example. Let's just say that I'm manning the rebel force. We're probably not going to use anything that admits a signal. Definitely With a technically superior <laughs> enemy that loves to track people down and drop bombs on them or to suicide drone them. Lessons from Ukraine. Yeah, lessons from Ukraine. So I don't, which I pay close attention to. All the peer-on-peer stuff that's going on in Ukraine, if you're not, if you're a prepper and you're not plugged into that and like watching what people are doing with technology and that conflict against each other, where you have a peer-on-peer warfare thing going on, like it's... The lessons are, have been a plenty, so pay close attention to what they're doing and how they're doing it. Because if something bad were to happen in this country, and or just in general, the world plunges into chaos, and we just go, we just go for each other. Um, it's going to be not a good idea to use anything that emits a signal. Which we're back to. I don't give a fuck if I can communicate or not. So, because you won't be able to use it anyway if you're up against a technologically superior enemy. Okay. Let me see here. Here we go. Andrew. He asked a good one. I love me some old Andrew Titherington. My homie. Good job. I like this. Update for 2024. Courses you plan on teaching. Update for onset. And if you are making a run of the arc again. Hmm. And then he had a follow-up question that we'll get to next. Um, more gear-related things. Um, all right. So let's do... Yes. So let's... Yeah. Update for 2024. Okay. So 2024... I'm going to be splitting my time in between here in Australia. I've been back, came back for shot show, came back to get a bunch of work done, came back to get some um, clients set up for, for media work and other things that we're doing. Yes. Training, um, 
Chris Cook and I at Odyssey are in the beginning phases of of talking about doing some joint classes. Um, and so we he's interested in doing a rifle class, and then we're both interested in doing a low light, like a fundamentals and introductory low light class. He's got our he's already got a really great low light class, which I already took, and I already like podcasted about it. Um, he's he's a fantastic instructor, great dude, super nice guy. I really enjoy hanging out with him. Um, he's got a great sense of humor. Shout out to yeah. Mr. Chris Cook. Love you, dude. Um, him and I are talking about like doing a joint rifle class and a joint low light class together. So rifle classes will probably be going on in the fall. Also, we're looking at doing some precision like rifle hunter, like a hunter basic course through the summer and into the fall to like help hunters get ready to do things. And it's not just shooting. There's going to be a little bit of land nav in there. There's going to be a little bit of equipment selection and equipment prep, how to pack a pack how to do basic land nav with a map and a compass. Um, and then like, you know, basic, basic ballistic theory, how to zero and true your rifle, how to select a good load. Um, and then, you know, basically, you know, rifle high angle. Yeah. Some, some high angle stuff. And then, you know, how to use certain, <laughs> certain software with your, with your system. And then, uh, probably some basic rifle marksmanship, unconventional shooting positions, because that's really huge. I can't tell you how many times, I've been hunting in my life and I've had to like shoot from some like crazy weird ass unsupported. Yeah. You're like Cirque du Soleil your body or correct, this, yeah. like, tree stump with your backpack trying yeah. to get a good stable mm-hmm. position. <laughs> right. So we're going to teach some unshooting, um, unconventional shooting position stuff. So that's, that's probably something we've got that we're going to have coming up on, uh, uh, coming up here soon and teaching through the summer, but I'm going to be, I'm here for a bit. I'm headed back to Australia soon for a couple months to spend some time with my Lovely better half, Miss Kate. And then I am going to be back for the whole entire summer and all of the fall and hunting season. And then I will be back out of the country again in the fall through the winter. I'm trying to get on that endless summer loop. I wasn't very successful at it this year um, because of just the timing of things that we had going on and then coming back from SHOT Show to get SHOT Show done. So, I'm yeah. I'm going to do the endless winter loop. <laughs> yeah, you and I are yeah, polar opposites. Yeah. Although, you know what? I love the snow when I was your age, too. So. I love the snow. I don't want skiing in Wyoming. Yeah. And then when spring comes around, I go skiing in Chile. Yeah, go down, then, go yeah. down to Chile. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. So that's kind of our update for um, training stuff. Um, onset. Okay, so he's referring to a product that we make at ODG. So we had, we lost like our supply chain shit went crazy when COVID happened. Um, it became nearly impossible to find a good anodizer that was due when you wanted to do a short run of stuff. Um, we had a lot of challenges. The cost of aluminum shot up and it's already a really expensive design to produce. They burned through like two batches of onsets because they couldn't anodize it properly. Yeah. So that sucked. Yeah. We lost a shit ton of product that we paid for like tens of thousands of dollars of product because we had an anodizer that fucked up all of our, uh, product and then didn't replace it and refused to and they're a much larger more wealthy entity than me with good lawyers and so I couldn't go after them so we had to just eat it so we had some we had some big challenges so onset we're looking for like currently we've got a few different vendors that we're looking at so we're getting ready to start plugging back in with them the biggest thing that we're trying to get going again and because it's our just our it's our, it was a flagship product and it's a, one of our best sellers and it just sells 
it just sells by itself. Like I don't have to market it. Like it just, and those are our helmet covers. Like our helmet covers just sell like fucking hotcakes. So uh, we lost our vendor for that this year or this last year. Um, so we're going to, we're in the process of setting up a new vendor for that. So it's supply chain stuff, people. Like it's, it's hard to manufacture things in this country. Um, could I go manufacture in China and get that set up and rock and rolling? Sure. No problem. But I refuse to do that. Um, I want to support American manufacturing and I want American made products because that's what I stand behind. So I'm going to just keep weathering the storm with the American supply chain problems. And eventually we'll get things back in production and running and everything will be back. The boat will be back on plane. Are we planning on doing another run of ARC? Arc? Yes. The ARC 2.0 is in, um, it was discussed at SHOT Show with a couple of different vendors this year. And we are hopefully going to get that rock and rolling and we will have that out hopefully by hunting season. So we're excited to get that going. It's going to be a much slimmer, much uh, cooler design. Like I've done nothing but take notes uh, for the last couple of years on this design. And for those of you that are listening that don't know what the ARC rig is, uh, ARC stands for Advanced Reconnaissance Chest Rig. It was a bino case for hunting that also you could carry a particular thermal optic in. Uh, I originally designed it for Dev Group. It had a, for their sniper recce guys, uh, it had a, um, they were using a, a specific style of thermal imager. Um, and I made the, the, the bino carrier part of it just, per, it fit their thermal imager perfectly. And then it also fit a pair of 10 or 12 power binos for hunting very effectively. And so then uh, we built a integral chest rig um, so that it's a scalable system and um, you can dress it up and dress it down. Like you can carry magazines and your optics or you can carry, you know, you could carry your end user device because I designed and made this thing before the days of like hard end user devices exist, like cases exist, like Juggernaut didn't exist, Cogworks didn't exist. Um, ATAC didn't the, exist. Yeah, ATAC didn't exist. Fliplight didn't exist when I designed this rig because I designed this in like 2013, 14 time frame. And I got it out to market in 15, I believe. And we sold the shit out of it. And then uh, once again, lost my manufacturer. So we, it's been out of production for a long time, but I've noticed it's, there's other companies that have like made a kind of like rudimentary um, variation of it. And um, their stuff's cool. But it's just like they 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 picked up where I like basically started from. So now I've got a whole nother like materials have advanced, hydrophobic lightweight materials are a thing, laser cutting's a thing. Like there's there's better laminates. There's better laminates, there's better attachment methodologies, better webbing, better zippers, there's better everything now from when I first designed this thing. So uh the next the two point variant is gonna be fucking sick. So yes, we're it, it, that that is um we're definitely planning on doing bringing that product back to life for sure so in the meantime stay tuned there's a rifle sling yeah in the meantime we released a rifle sling that's pretty pretty awesome it's pretty rad so go check out the rad rifle sling odgusa.co um it's called the rad sling and uh we've gotten really great feedback on it from people people are really liking it so that product i expect to to take off like we've already sold through a run of it and it's, it's, we've put it out with, with, uh, certain influencers that are, that are really good shooters in the industry and instructors. And we've gotten nothing but positive feedback from everybody on it. So excited to have that out there. So yeah, so that's the plan, the product plan on the product side of the house. Um, 
His other, his follow-up question was also in the market for a rangefinder. If there are any suggestions for hunting or long-range shooting, you're looking at me like oh, I'm supposed to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the optics nerd. Well, I believe um, if budget isn't a problem, Todd Hudnett said to get a terrapin. But for the average person, the ones I've messed with are the new Leupold and the new Vortex Razor. Yeah. And I like both of them. They both go to like 2,000 plus. I know the King of Two Miles guys are really happy with the new Leupold. Yeah, the Terrapin. That's like 600 something bucks. The Terrapin one, does, doesn't that? that goes That's like a $10,000 fucking rangefinder. And it goes to like five kilometers or some shit. Yeah, it goes out to five. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Unless you're Todd or Chris right. Tubb or yeah. Brian Litz. Like, you, you, you don't need that. Correct. Yeah, so check out. Check out uh, Leopold. Yeah, the SIG ones have been great. I've been running a SIG one for a very long time. It's starting to shit the bed. It was one of the first ones they mm-hmm. put out. That was like 500 bucks, and you could range to a mile. Yeah. Wow. Now they're like the $200 ones can range to a mile. Yeah, you know? correct. So whatever you're looking at, I would just look at whichever one ranges to like double the distance you'd ever want to shoot. Because sometimes it's nice when you're hiking to mm-hmm. be like, how far is that ridge line? Oh, it's two kilometers. I can like get there in an hour and a two. But yeah, Leupold, Vortex, Sig. Um, and then if you listen to part two for podcast with Todd Hodnett, he's a fan of the Leicas, actually. And I did look at those, and I am kind of want to pick one up. Because if it's Leica, it's probably pretty pretty damn good. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I've had lots of people that have had really good luck with the Leicas. Um, I mean, Leica just, they're... I mean, they're pretty renowned for their optics. Mm-hmm. Realistically, though, like everybody has a, a different idea of like what long range is. Correct. Some people, I've talked to hunters out here that like look at me like I'm crazy. Like I have a dick grown out of my forehead when I talk about shooting an elk at like 600. They're like, you did what? I could never shoot that far. I've never shot over 200 yards. So to some people, right, 200 yards is like long range. And to people like Todd Hodnett, three to five K is long range. Yeah. A thousand yards is like, yeah. A thousand yards is no problem. Yeah. That's a, a, guaranteed, yards, a yeah. guaranteed kill. Yeah. It's a chip shot at a thousand. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm going to assume that long range, you're, you're probably, I would say you're probably, I'll just give you the benefit of the doubt and say you're, you're talking to something that goes out to a mile. And if that's what you're talking about, then any of the aforementioned, uh, laser range finders are going to do that for you. No yep. problem. Yeah. The new high end, the new high-end um, Leupold goes out to 2800 or 3K. Yep. So Two miles. Yeah, I think it's like 800 bucks or something like that retail or 600 bucks retail. So um, I would probably take a look at that guy. Which when you think about it, like range finders that could range that far for under $1,000 didn't exist five years ago, Correct. six years ago. So yeah, if you only need it to go to 1200 buy a Vortex, be done with it. It works. But personally, I'd probably go with the Leupold the top end vortex or the Leica leaning towards the Leica. Right. And there are fancier ones with applied ballistics and it talks to your scope and all the other shit, but I really like just giving me a number and then dialing my hold that I know is going to work, pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sit there for an extra 10 seconds for it to like sink. No. Okay. Or to have to worry about it beforehand. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Instagram. These are from the Instagram stories. My dog ate a crayon, a blue one. Does that mean he's a Marine? No. No, he would have to eat the whole box, okay? I would say one crayon is kind of like maybe just like dipping your toe in the water. If he chowed down the whole box, definitely a marine dog. Definitely a marine. 
Okay, next question. Any recommendations for movies or a new series to watch, books or podcasts? Great question, my man. I, we talk about this all the time. First of all, we're super excited because we just saw the announcement Andor 2, or I'm sorry, yeah, second season. Second season of Andor. If you haven't watched the first season of Andor, it's basically the best thing that Star Wars franchise has done in recent times. Since Rogue One. Yeah, since Rogue One. So like... <laughs> Surprise, it's the and, same guy. Yeah, Andor, Andor was amazing. Like, I absolutely loved Andor. And so they just wrapped season two. So that should hopefully be releasing by this summer. Hopefully it'll be out by this summer. No, bro. Listen. No. You'll, you'll be lucky if it shows up for Christmas. Fucking why do you got to shit on my dreams like that? I don't. That's just the reality of big budget production schedules. Also, we should know this, Mr. Steven Seagal. Fuck off. We are we are waiting. <laughs> hey, we are waiting. Gentlemen, I have made Brian Bishop quiet. Right. Speechless. Off. We are waiting also for The Last of Us season 2, which I think is that supposed to come out this year or next year? Uh I think they just finished wrapping that up too. I think they said 25, don't they? Yeah. Because we watched it mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, it's not 24. We binge watched it like a motherfucker. Like, I loved that that or that series. Um, yeah, so that's what I would say. If you haven't seen Andor and you haven't seen Last of Us, um, go check that out. And then I am waiting. They bumped They bumped release on it. Uh, Dune 2. They bumped oh, yeah. release. It was, supposed, it was supposed to get released this last November. November 23. They didn't release it. It's for coming some, out like next month, no? Yeah. Yeah, they they bumped it, and it's coming out next, I think, next month. So I'm excited to see that. Super excited to see that. I'll probably be in Australia. Kate and I are going to go see that together. She fucking hates movies. She, she, she I believe it. She seems like a boring human. No, she's, she... <laughs> no, it's quite the opposite. She, she has to be, like, going and doing shit all the fucking time. I don't have time to sit down for an hour to watch no, a TV show, does, but I'll doesn't. scroll Instagram for two. Yeah, she will. Yeah, she'll it's do, okay. She'll do that for sure. Um, I'll talk shit because if she wants to fight me, I she don't will fight with just my head. whip your ass. She doesn't know how to use knives and guns. Yeah, good luck getting to your knife and gun on time. That girl, she is fast. She was messing. I'll around. I'll get like at least one or two good stabs in. No. Yeah. She was messing around with me in the house. I'm a wriggly little Asian fuck, man. No. She was. She was messing. If I she could t- take her. If she takes you by surprise, you're fucking toast. If I take her by surprise, she wouldn't know what hit her. I mean, that's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, let me see here. What's the next one? Books or podcasts? Books. Um, do Android do Androids dream of electric sheep? It was the inspiration for Blade Runner, written by Philip Dick. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. It was actually really good. All right. Well, I didn't read that one, but yeah, go check it out. Um, other podcasts. What have I been listening to for podcasts? I got to be honest. Like I've been listening to. A lot of Sean Ryan, and I particularly like his like UFO episodes. His like his astrophysics or like UFOs. Who is the black dude that he had on? That guy was fucking hilarious. Oh, he was some like some type of. He was like a Harvard professor. Yeah, a he's a Harvard professor who has a doctorate in like ancient civilizations or yeah, something like that. Yeah. His podcast was fucking awesome. I like that podcast. I forgot his name though. Um, other podcasts. I listen to Huberman. I listen to Sean Ryan show. Oh, what else do I listen to? I listen to Rogan. Rogan's very occasional though. Um, he has to have somebody on that I'm really super interested in checking out. Um, who else? I don't know. I would have to like log on to my Spotify and look at it. I know that's a terrible answer. 
we been we spend so much time like doing our own content like we very like we don't have two hours to sit down and listen to other people unless you're driving correct um okay next question oh god another politics question the wheels of our government seem to be falling off what's one thing they're getting right (laughs) oh jesus in my opinion what what are they getting right I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of anything they're getting. I would say fucking nothing. They're not getting anything right. I mean, they might be getting some things right. We just might not like what they're getting right. Or we might not know what they're getting right. For example, apparently the ATF is doing a better job with (laughs) e-forms for suppressor clearance. However, they shouldn't exist in the fucking first place. Right, correct. So, like, are they doing a better job about it? Yes. But could we just not have it? Yes. Yes, correct. (laughs) Would it be better? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to say uh, nothing. That we know of. I don't know. know. Hey, national park funding. Great. You know, do do a good job. You go protect those lands. Wyoming Fish and Game. Population increase in elk. I don't know. Oreo. And this is the next question. Oreo or Girl Scout cookies? Double stuffed Oreos. Dark chocolate. Double stuffed Oreos, bro. I don't know. know. I'm a dark chocolate Oreo. I do love some, like, I do love some Girl Scout cookies, though. I will smash them. Yeah, but which type of Girl Scout cookies? I mean, all of them are good, except for the mint ones. I don't okay. do any chocolate mint bullshit. Well, okay, is it like the most boring Girl Scout cookie versus a plain as Oreo? I mean, you're talking about like the little shortbread ones. Yeah, I'll just smash the shit out. Of those are like eating potato chips for me. Like, I'll get a I'll get a glass of chocolate milk and just smash a whole box of those little like shortbread Girl Scout cookies. Those are amazing. Extra chucky. I do love me some Oreo cookies. Oreo cookies are probably one of my favorite cookies, so I'm gonna have to vote Oreo on that one. Okay, are you into reloading, making your long tools as accurate as possible, or are you a factory sender? Um, both, or both. The problem is, is that it's really, really expensive to load the fucking 300 blackout with what, two, what 210 grain, 215 grain burgers. Oh, sorry, 300 wind mag. I'm sorry, three, yeah, I, fuck, sorry, my bad. 300, not 300 You know, I, wind mag. my rule was always to reload for bolt guns and then shoot factory for semi-auto for stuff. Semi-auto, yeah. Even if it's precision semi-auto. Yeah. Because, like, for example, if you have a precision gas gun that's, say, 308 or 6.5, mm-hmm. and you run it suppressed, that brass is so beat up and dented from, like, ejection that, like, it's a bitch to reload sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then bolt guns, you're going into fire forming and matching your, you know, your jump length from your bullet to your lands and grooves and all that stuff and your case overall length that it kind of is worth it. But yeah, that's my rule. I if think it's, for if I, it's I, a I bolt gun, I would like it. to reload for yeah. it because it's, it's more better for mm-hmm. the most part. It is. But on a gas gun, run factory. It's good enough. Yeah. And factory ammo is so good nowadays that like. It is. Can most shooters discern that difference? Probably not. Are you trying to shoot a mile? Mm-hmm. Then maybe reloads are better. Yes. Can you find components? No. Then shoot factory. And that's the problem that we've had. Yeah, because I blame SOCOM for buying all the 215 grain burger hybrids for their 300 normas and 300 PRCs. Yeah. For two what? years, three and a half years, you couldn't find that shit. Couldn't find it at yep. all. Zero. Uh, yeah. So it's a if you can find components, and it, yeah, I completely agree that if. Bolt guns are for like long. Once again, we're back to definition. Dude, it's like it's another level of nerding. It's like, do you tie your own flies, Mm -hmm. or like, do you sew together your own baseball or whatever the fuck? You know, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Do you make your own arrows? We generally load for bolt guns. We reload for bolt guns because of all the things he said, and we 
We shoot factory ammo for gas guns, which is we shoot a lot more gas gun than we do bolt gun around yeah. here. Um, okay, next question. Oh, KVL. What's up, KVL? I hope you're doing good, man. Thank you so much for sending, a, uh, sending us a question. Will you or have you done boxing training with Kate? <laughs> uh, no, bro. I'm not going to embarrass myself. That's going to be our next YouTube. Kate, Kate is a professional. She's a badass. Okay, for... She she's a badass. Um, that girl. I want to see you hold pads for Kate. Well, that's what I think. That's if if I do anything, if I do anything with boxing <laughs> with regard to Kate, it's going to be I'm going to have her teach me how to like hold pads and call drills for her, so that that way we can train together whenever we go out to the beach or whatever. Because we like to we like to spend a lot of our time outside. We don't spend a huge amount of time, like because the weather is usually really amazing in in um. Australia all the time, even in the wintertime. So like, I mean, it rains a little bit more and it's a little bit colder in the win in the wintertime there, but like for the most part, it's still gorgeous outside. Uh, so we spend a lot of our time outside. We go to the beach a lot. Um, we do a lot of coastal hikes and runs. Um, so, um, if we do anything, it would probably be me, um, learning how to like having her teach me how to hold pads for her. So I could like just help her keep fine tuned with like with hitting pads. Um, but when that girl is like full on, like I watched her before her last fight warm up with her coach um, and hit pads and fuck, man, I was like, God damn girl. Um, she can wail. Um, that girl can bang for sure. So like she can, she can, she was hitting those pads fucking hard. Um, and she was fast. So like, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, like it's not a good thing. So I'm going to, if we do anything, it's going to be like that. Um, my, my training uh, I just, I like to do jujitsu. I'm a jujitsu guy and, um, I like to get sweaty, roll around on the floor with other men wearing pajamas. So that's my, that's my thing. But yeah, if I do, if I do anything with Kate, it'll be probably just having her teach me how to hold pads really well for her so that we can train. Um, okay. Next question. What night vision goggles are you running and why? Well, currently we're saving money for night vision goggles because they're extremely expensive we are working with it we're working a deal right now with a potential sponsor that we linked up with at shot show that um it, we're going to work probably a horse trade where we trade content for equipment and um put together something with that regard but if that if we land that and we do that then we will be upgrading to a set of panos probably um which are the gp nvg 18 panoramic goggles and um currently right now we run 15s with L3 Green Foss Gen 3 auto gated tubes that have definitely seen better days. Yeah. That have a flash burn on them from maybe a breaching charge that yeah. went off. Uh, that, that I was watching the breach. You're breach not supposed point. to look at the bright lights, Brian. Yeah, that's. Well, they didn't call it out over the radio. They fucked up and they forgot to call out the initiation of the breach over the radio. And so I was going back and forth between paying attention to partner force shenanigans. Uh, Afghans that were fucking around and not doing what they were supposed to do um, in the support position. And I looked up at, right as I got done basically correcting one of our partner force people that was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. I looked up just in time to see the breach go off and it flash burned the tube. So we got a nice little flash burn on the tube. And it costs about 4000 bucks to replace it to those particular tubes. So... I'm just like 4,000 bucks is like halfway to a good set of like L3 white foss unfilmed dual articulating tubes. bridged Art, yeah. dual Art, tube yes. whatever's 
So I'll just, instead of like paying for a tube replacement, I'll just continue to save money and wait for a new set of night vision goggles. Um, I mean, night vision goggles, he says, why are you, what are you running and why? We're running 15s right now because we're broke. Fucking trying to save money to buy really expensive new stuff. Um, the, the other reason why if we were going to run panos is because you just get the, the field of view enhancement that you get and the, um, um, the, just that capability for CQB and for driving, just situational awareness in general with like it opening up your field of view so that like you almost have peripheral vision is worth its weight in gold. And now that they're getting to an, an affordable level and now that there is a company, the one that we're talking to has made an articulating bridge for them. And if you paid attention to yeah. my Instagram post yeah, yeah. from yeah. SHOT Show, you'll know who I'm talking about. But by affordable, we're still talking about like half of a Toyota Tacoma. Well, I mean, they told... <laughs> yes, correct. They, which is why we're saving our money for this. But they basically said that like... So to give you an example, like L3 um, White Foss un- unfilmed um, GP NVGs, Panos, right now will cost you like in between 43 and 40 $6,000 depending on the quality of the tube. They're saying with different types of tubes and with their bridge um, and them building out the pods um, with like, you know, Elbit tubes or whatever, they're saying that they can get Panos probably in between twelve dollars and $18,000. And with their articulating bridge, like that's a pretty like... You're well, four times, if, if each tube is say like $3,000, yeah. that's $12,000 for just tubes. So probably yeah, fifteen to eighteen thousand yeah. bucks is what you're looking at to get set up, which is I mean that's substantial. That's that's half off of what yep. they currently cost. So advancements are being made. This company is doing a lot of cool stuff. They have a lot of cool housings, and I mean they make dual tube articulated. Like housings. make sure your shit is made by a reputable manufacturer. Right. Like don't go buy Optics Planet nods. Yeah. No. Don't don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Don't go buy any Gen two Russian shit. And realistically, like with the proliferation of this technology, like the market availability is starting to reach the point to where like supply and demand is starting to even out with night vision goggles. So you're seeing a situation where prices are starting to come down. So yeah, and if they're like kind of really low, mm-hmm. like a really good deal, and probably made by a company called Argus. Yeah. <laughs> if you buy those, you are probably the same person that would buy a Hollow Sun, and I'll just leave it at that. Yes. You're basically not a patriot, but no, that's okay. At all. It was yeah. cheap, and I liked it, and it works. Yeah, no. Don't buy stuff from the People's Communist Republic of China, people. Just don't do it. Um, okay, so enough on night vision goggles. Okay, last question. Favorite concealed carry gun, light, blade? Okay, well. Glock 19. Yeah. Is there anything else? Is there fucking anything else? I mean, all you people out there that were fucking bamboozled by the SIG 320 fucking nonsense. Or 365 or, or the whatever. Or 365. They work, whatever, yeah, but just do. get a Glock 19. Just get a Glock 19. Okay, Glock 19. I carry my Glock 19. It's got uh, it's got a comp on it. It's got a, um, what else does it have? It's got a, well, it's got obviously an RMR. It's got suppressor height sight, backup iron sights. It's got a. Oh, and don't do a streamlight. Just get a surefire turbo. Yes. Don't do a mod light. Correct. Don't do a mod do a light. Surefire. Don't do streamlight. Don't do the Surefire fixed all of their nonsense. They're back. To, they're back on course. If you want to hear me rant about Surefire, like go back a couple weapons for Wednesdays. I rant pretty good about how 
they went in a huge complete development loop with their products. But like the turbo, like you got one and I was like, you got one when I was in Australia and you're yeah. like, bro, wait until you see this thing when you get yeah. back. And I would, I would tell you like the X 300 was the reigning champion of pistol lights for the longest time. And then they did really dumb shit with their like lens development. They came up with this bullshit called max vision beam technology. And, and it, it was just, still better than anything on the market. It was still really good, but not <laughs> where I thought it should be or needed to be. And then mod light came out and shat the bed on switching. Yeah. It doesn't have momentary. And, and yeah, yeah. A whole variety of fucking nonsense. And then, um, surefire fixed themselves and they came up with this X 300 turbo. And that thing is awesome. It's like, yeah, it's great. It's like having a full-size rifle light on your pistol. Yeah, It fits in the same holster that I've been using for the last three generations of X300 turbos. Correct. The switching's the same. It works. Yeah, it's not great. The switching still sucks. It's still still the standard. Switching still sucks. I mean, but switching sucks across the board on all pistol lights. That's the big problem with pistol lights. People are starting to figure out ways of dealing with it, but like... yeah. Yeah, our friends over at Emissary came up with the paddle shifter, which we helped R&D. And paddle shifter does, it's a little extra add-on that you can clip onto your, your X300 paddle, pressure paddle switch on your, on your X300. And it puts it up in the proper position to get to it way easier than bending your fucking thumb, wrist, weird support hand down as far as you have to to hit the current um, switch. So... Get an X300 Turbo and then get a paddle shifter from Emissary and you will, you'll be stoked. You'll be stoked online. Uh, um, okay. Uh, so, conce- uh, blade, blade. Well, you're playing with my blade right now. I know. I have a Williams Winkler collaboration. What is this one? This is the HZM. Yeah, I think that it's either the HZM this or the HZM. HZM. Yeah. I want the SCK. At, yeah. I want the bigger one. Yeah. So yes, my everyday carry blade, my EDC blade is a Williams Winkler collab, and it's the HCM Williams. Go to Williams Blades on um, on Instagram at Williams Blades. And my everyday is a White River Knives caper. Yes, and that's so, a good little knife, dude. It's an amazing. It's an amazing blade. little knife. I've watched you cut some ridiculously. I put that thing through like steel ductwork. Yeah, and you then come back and throw it on your stones. And sharpen it right up, later, and you can shave with it again. Amazing, yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, Basically, any fixed blade that is between three and four inches, with a good sheath that retains it, mm-hmm. with a discrete clip or an ulti clip on it, is basically the parameters of this is the perfect EDC blade. Correct. And you know what? Like fixed knives that are under three inches are legal in more places than most folding knives. Yeah. And you can pry doors open with it. So like. Just, right. I've, for, I bought that White River knife, and, I've, and I'm a knife snob, and I've not carried a folder since then, and it's been two and a half years. Yeah. And I used to buy, like, six new knives a year. Mm-hmm. I bought that knife, and I haven't bought a new knife since. Yeah, well, I mean, I carry my – I mean, you use that thing as a – you use that thing for everything, so – Correct. It's, it's my daily knife. Yeah, that's a great knife. I, it's gone through three elk. Yeah. It's gone through duct work to cut holes mm-hmm. open and things. Yeah, that's I throw it at pine trees for fun. Yep, that thing's gone through a deer and two antelope. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. I I don't use it to cut anything but flesh. So yeah, I, no, I abuse my shit. Yeah, no. So for <laughs> my for my EDC fixed blade, I just use it. It's just a, it's just a defensive tool. Or if I'm out, you know, um, it just happened to be on me when I went out hunting a couple of times. 
and uh, I used it to, to cape up and cut up an animal uh, or two. And yep. it works. It worked really good for that. So, um, but for the most part, like my fixed blades are always just a defensive tool. Um, you won't have time or it'll be very, very difficult if, for you to dig in your pocket, get your folder yeah. out and open a folder under duress while you're being attacked. So if you just remove one of the steps or two of the steps involved in like getting your blade out and not having to worry about articulating it or opening it or actioning it open um, and you can just go right from draw to stab or cut, like that's what you want. Plus mechanical, a lot of the I've seen um, and it's not, it's not true, you know, a hundred percent of the time, but I've seen a lot of folding folder mechanisms fail mm -hmm. when a lot of hard stabbing comes into play and you strike bone over and over and over again. I've seen the locking mechanisms break on a couple of like mainstream manufacturers folding knives. So, you know, cause I've been to blade labs. I used to teach, uh, I used to be an assistant instructor for blade lab in a course that I used to teach for the military. And, um, I've seen seen i've seen enough to to make me a true believer in like just carrying a small fixed blade for a defensive tool no if you look throughout history of human history and the knives that they find on people and the stories of knives that people talk about throughout history the ones they carry every day are between three and four inches fixed blade small right <laughs> and you can do a lot of damage with like a if your blade geometry if you keep your blade nice and sharp and you have a particular Blade geometry, which does matter, you can inflict a tremendous amount of damage on a human. Like I, being in the blade lab was a huge eye opener for me when I first saw it. Um, we did some live tissue, like blade lab work, and I like watching what a tiny, really, really sharp knife with the proper geometry can do to flesh. Yeah, like a two and a half inch karambit. Jesus yeah. Christ! It horrified me, and I was like, I would rather be shot than stabbed or cut. The wound channel that I saw created with like a little tiny, like three inch razor sharp knife, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like the shit you see in the UK with mm -hmm. like um, gang stabbings and box yep. cutters. Yep. You're like, that dude's back looks like the side of a pork rib that's checkered. Yeah. And I can see his spine. Yes. And that's from a box cutter. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I would much rather be shot than stabbed or slit open. So oh, and um, um, don't like. Oh, it was a $50 Gerber, so I bought it. Yeah. The best knife is the one that you have with you, but, mm -hmm. like, if you're going to carry a knife that's a fixed blade for EDC for, say, the next 5, 10 years, spend 100 bucks. Spend 150 bucks. At least. Or, you know, like I did spend 425 bucks. You don't have to, but, you know, that's nice. I like to buy once, cry once, because I like quality things, especially. Yeah, I know, but my $150 knife has been through more shit than this one, so. Right, but I also. Don't, don't have a safe queen. No, I use that fucking thing. You've seen me use that thing. <laughs> okay, so I... Yeah, this is like a high-end escort, and mine's like their Vegas whore that... Yeah, no, yours is like a truck <laughs> stop. Like a ran through... I know, and it still truck. looks good, and it's still sharp as shit, mm -hmm. and it still has all its teeth. Well, that's because you don't let it fucking do math, and you polish it and wash it regularly. Okay, well, we're in an hour and 20. 20 minutes over. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode... Of the Lone Element Podcast, this Weapons Free Wednesday, we this this segment, if you if you guys haven't caught on, is where we get spicy. This is where we get spicy. We rant, we let our hair down, we say the fuck word a lot. I mean, I just generally say that a lot anyway. But this is Weapons Free Wednesdays are where things get spicy. So hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, look forward to getting Todd Hodnap Part Two out to you guys 
next Monday. So be if you guys enjoyed the last episode with Todd um, as much as I did, uh, he's, his part two is coming next Monday. So stay tuned, and we've got more to follow after that wherever you're out on the globe. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Anyone who runs is a BC. Anyone who stands still is a well-disciplined BC. <laughs> Need more help? <laughs>